0: So like the thing is too I grew up in a super Not only was I like a super awkward late bloomer But I grew up in a really conservative Christian home And I would go to these like purity conferences Where they were like telling you like You know they were like asking you to like Go up to the stage And like confess that you're gonna like save sex for your future husband And like as a kid you know I just kind of was like And with the hype, I'd like sprint to the stage and just be like up there with like the guy just kind of like walking around like, and you'd be like, all right, here's your ring. Are you gonna like save it for marriage? And I'd be like, wait, what are we doing up here? Like, I'm not trying to be a virgin. I'm trying to be a star. I'm trying to get that
1: stage time.
2: Hey, that was the comedian and writer and actress Alyssa Sabo. She joins us for a great conversation here about the ways in which humor Can help us cope with our religious upbringing, really process it, but also to kind of make fun of ourselves when we need to and get some perspective. We have a lot of fun learning about her life story, her love of the 90s, the reason why she's into rollerblading, and the spirituality of rollerblading. Uh, while some people think that Alyssa is Mike Pence's daughter, that is not true. That is something that uh, was a joke. You must understand that was a joke on TikTok. We have a brief mention of sexual abuse within Hollywood. It is not a, uh, a main part of our conversation, but you should know about that. Despite some of the the, the painful parts of life and, uh, and, in fact, Alyssa overcoming having to get a a liver transplant... Most of this is going to be just a a wonderfully delightful time. I think you'll enjoy it. Thanks for being with us. Let's go.
1: All ahead, one third.
2: All ahead, one third. Aye, aye. Time by to dive. Diving stations.
0: Dive. Dive.
3: Welcome, friends, to the Protect Your Noggin podcast. We offer lessons about foxing religious wolves. And sometimes we will address emotionally difficult subjects. So make sure you pay careful attention to our descriptions of each of the episodes. And then also have some resources handy, such as the crisis text line. That's one of our favorites, which is 741 741. That's 741 741. Now, just take a deep breath because we're not afraid to go deep. But don't worry. Because we'll also have some fun along the way. Our plan is to help us all resurface with insights and tools to help heal ourselves and our communities. So come along, because we got this. Two,
1: three, zero, three, three, zero, three. All ahead full.
2: So we are so glad to have Alyssa Saba with us because um, I'll tell you why. And I'm just going to, we'll go start here because this is the thing that really made me say, I've, I've got to bother you and, and see if we can get you on the show. And that is there's this young lady who is seemingly obsessed with, with rollerblades and the nineties. And for, for us growing up, essentially when we were roughly your age in the nineties, uh, we'd say, well, why, why do you want to bring that back? What we're doing at the very moment, I'm seeing you skating around on a rollerblade. Stacy and I have just finally got our uh, our quad skates put together. I, I got these custom, way overpriced, uh, but wonderful custom uh, quad skates on my vans, and we're cruising around. And all will be looking around. All the young people are into the rollerblades again, which I had and I sold them for forty bucks.
3: <laughs> so basically, we're, we're yeah, we're what um, ten or fifteen years probably older, doing the quads rather than the rollerblades. I think, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> so. And you have a podcast, which is, I i don't even know how you would have come up with this with this concept, but your podcast is you're a 16-year-old 90s girl <laughs> yeah. that likes rollerblades. You've got, yeah. well, let's just start, what is up with the 90s and rollerblades? So let's yeah, start there. wow,
0: what a great, I love, like nobody ever really asks me like, why you know because and, and it really <laughs> is like we just i think with I, it. I know i come across as a very like goofy like that's kind of my persona but yeah. when i if i'm really going to talk to you guys about like why rollerblades and why the 90s like the reasoning is kind of like a little more spiritual in a way and you know for me i moved to california about 7 years ago and i think like when i moved out here you know i was from a really small town And what
2: what state were you coming from? Pennsylvania,
0: western PA, so just outside of Pittsburgh. So I think like when I moved out here, you know, and I was pursuing like acting and all this stuff, I started to lose myself and I, I didn't really know you know I was, I was getting a lot of opinions and I felt like everybody was saying something and I was like what what's going on you know and I feel like I had and I still I think growing up really like evangelical and the way that I am like dramatic I made everything into kind of like a big theatrics so mm-hmm. I remember I like I had a dream one night that I was like rollerblading at the beach and then that morning I woke up and I was like I've got to get out of here I've got to get a pair of rollerblades and this was you know like seven years ago And so I did. I went to the beach. I bought rollerblades. I remember I went to like, I don't know, sports authority. I think when it was that's how you do it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, (laughs) And I just
0: was like, let's go. And then honestly, it was like, wow, that became my like escape in a way. And that became a really like a safe haven for me. And I think, you know, I think it, too, was a thing where I was like, I live in Southern California. Like, why am I not? doing cool stuff you know I was just kind of like working a lot (laughs) Mm -hmm. and doing my whatever comedy and just losing sight of like the reality of like what like life and having fun so that's kind of like where the rollerblades come from
3: (laughs) yeah well it's so expensive to be here so it's like you might as well take advantage of you know yeah
1: (laughs)
0: yeah totally and then I think like as far as like the 90s go Um, I mean, I think a lot of millennials are really obsessed with like any decade that isn't right now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so I think I'm a, I really, really love, I've like been through some kind of like, um, you know, I've been through some stuff and had some like health issues. And I think it's funny that like, after some of these more serious, like traumatic things, I found myself like really just like wanting to listen to like especially 80s music was like where I first kind of started I remember that was a way that I connected with my mom um and I was like what you know like well what was the 80s all about you know and and I remember kind of we would talk and then we were listening to different songs and I felt this like weird connection to like 80s 90s and obviously I grew up in the 90s but I don't know there's just something that is like very freeing um, to me about some of the art and the culture that was like happening during that time. That's like, obviously we have great stuff happening now, but like, I don't know, I'm just weird, but I think, um, yeah, the, the and me being playing a 16 year old version of myself on this talk show really does kind of stem from this, the 16 year old that I once was, mm who was really 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 intense about um Christianity and you know it's it's interesting i've been i've been like during this pandemic i've been doing like an even deeper dive and i have i've been keeping a journal since i was 8 years old and so i have all these journals that are really intense and i think like you know i've always found them to be funny and we laugh at them but the more kind of i'm you know just like alone in my apartment and kind of like really sifting through these i'm starting to kind of uncover some really really kind of like culty stuff that Mm -hmm. i didn't necessarily know was there but so yeah this is kind of that's how i cope is doing comedy and characters and so playing a 16 year old version of myself who's just very heightened very obsessed with people's salvation i was so constantly i was consumed by it because Ah, you know as a young girl i'm eight years old and i'm told Do you know where you're going to go when you die? You're either going to go to heaven or hell. Do you know? And I'm eight and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay, so, you know, and the people that I trust are telling me this is true. So when that information landed in my brain, I was like, why would I do anything else other than tell every single person I know about? Yes, right. Yes. If you you did
2: it, you'd be a moral person.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, And I was obsessed with being a good kid. And I, you know, I think also it was like. I think a lot of other things, you know, maybe it was a way for me, I latched on to that because I didn't necessarily know who I was yet, you know, and so I really, I really latched on hard to that. Now, and that became my personality.
3: So you were, when you were 16, though, you weren't in the 90s, where you were you?
0: No, I wasn't.
3: Because <laughs> that's where we were. So that's what's yeah, kind of
0: interesting is, yeah, yeah is like... that. It's that's
1: what's so
2: of, funny about it. It's like, wait a minute, our time, you're doing you know, a pretty good um, impersonation, <laughs> right? Of us, that yeah. <laughs> <Right. laughs> right. is what it is. Right? Like, I know who this is, but it's it's I us. Think, and it's I think putting it in ago.
0: the '90s is like a way to kind of like add to the surrealism. Yes, to yes. it. I think that's like delightful. Yeah, it's <laughs> so <just> absurd, like <laughs> silly and absurd. I think that's like what we were going for.
2: Before so. we go too far from it, though, I, I, I I'm interested in the in the kind of connection with your mom because. Because in some ways, I I think that's a common thing when we everybody kind of has a retro time in in high school. And for us, it's, you know, my my folks trying to recover what it was. Why were they hippies in the 60s? And then they became, you know, people that lived in cookie cutter homes in Orange County. Like, why Mm -hmm. did they give up on this other thing that seems so romantic and interesting? And then the other thing you probably, you know, for the 90s, I tell my students this all the time, you can't know how much. Like everybody says, oh, it was so hard when I was growing up. The nineties were not hard. Okay. The nineties was uh, you know, I, I missed the first 15 minutes of uh, a full house and you know, my mom, <laughs> you know, moved to a new job in, in you know Ventura County or something. You know, um, yeah. the the cold war cold war was over. So we're not worried really about nuclear annihilation. There was a there was a kind of an exuberance. Maybe it was a little cheesy just because we didn't have a lot to right? There was the right? Gulf
3: War yeah but it, was like, it wasn't Damn. as bad as what some of it
2: was we weren't we, we weren't facing our own existential threat the economy was going well but the big problem for us was um every if you're a christian you of course had to be a democrat i mean you had to be a republican oh so yeah. the only thing that was hard was we were having all of this kind of republican style um prosperity you know things were going well economically but the dude who was running it was this, you know, Bill Clinton, you know, this very, right. you know, though he's a Baptist, I suppose So that kind of counts.
0: Oh yeah. Arkansas. But, it, yeah. but how's
2: your relation, you, you, you know, in case your mom listens, you can, you can lie yeah, to no, us. No, no, but how's your I relationship with your mom? Yeah.
0: Oh my, I mean, I love my mom. I think she's always been like my rock in a way. And, and honestly, like, you know, I, 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 I've I've always had uh, a lot of anxiety and that's something that I think growing up on where I'm the East Coast and just like in that time frame, we didn't necessarily know about like mental health stuff. So I just remember like being a kid who was just like, really anxious you know and then also just kind of like i remember being like i can't breathe you know and like and my mom would just like be there and and she would always like make it better Mm. but she was you know she was busy she had like she was doing stuff she was work she had to work we couldn't like afford for her to not work Mm. um so but i think like my relationship with my mom is definitely very um solid i think she's like one of those you know now i'm in therapy and i think about kind of people in my life that have like uh created like a secure attachment for me to know that like you're loved and this is the kind of love you deserve so that was definitely my mom um but you know we fought and we had our share of yeah who doesn't you know, do doesn't? Tough, you know? But yeah but I think it was like especially um yeah I don't know It it is I'm always like I've always been really intrigued by like what was life like for you and and my mom's dad was a pastor so what my kind of mom, pastor? I need Southern to know your Baptist. pedigree here. Okay, Southern Baptist
2: <laughs> in Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah. No, so they were they lived in Memphis. uh uh-huh. Yeah. So my mom. So I have that. That's my and that and that's even as a young girl. I remember going to Memphis and seeing my grandpa preach, and he was really intense. And 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 you know, I would see kind of like people flooding to the altar to. Mm have this experience with God and, you know, and be friends with him. (laughs) So I think like for me, you know, I saw that and I was like, wow, that's powerful. And also I think I've always, you know, didn't know it at the time, but wanted to be on a stage. And so, you know, I think, um, and this is kind of now I'm just getting into like my testimony and stuff. But yeah, yeah. I think when I was like, go, uh, the first time I went to a church camp, I went to, um, I was 12 and we went to Liberty University, it was called Go Tell Camp, Go Tell Ministries with, you know, Rick Gage, I, I remember everything about it, like it was yesterday. And that was, I think that experience for me was when things really started to um, shift. And I think, you know that was when I start like you know Thursday night they're giving that altar call that's like have you accepted Jesus into your heart you know I was like yeah check and okay did you rededicate you're like yeah I rededicate my life every day to him okay now the third call is do you want to go into full-time ministry come up on this stage and if you feel God's calling you to full-time ministry and I of course I was like yeah stage of did you say stage, <laughs>
1: stage? Yes, I
0: ran I ran up and I'm just like yeah. I remember being 12 and I was a really little kid I looked like I was eight you know I uh, was a late bloomer I I just remember standing up there next to the pastor and all these other random teens that had no idea what they were doing up there. But I was just so like obsessed with the emotion of it all. I was really, 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 really caught up in that. And I felt it was beautiful. You know, I felt I belonged for the first mm. time. Mm.
2: Yeah. I uh, now you're, Is your mom still is your mom still back in uh, Pennsylvania?
0: Yes. Yeah. Does she
2: worry about you? In, I mean, does, did you come out on your own?
0: I did eight years ago. I did. I came out on my own. I, um, my story is like so weird. I was like, (laughs) I was, um, I went to school. I went to a really super Christian college, uh, Grove City. And it was like, I was on the track. I was going to be a Spanish teacher. I had a boyfriend who was going to marry me as soon as we graduated. Like, that was my path you know and i was really pumped about that i wanted to do i wanted to do mission work you know and i loved speaking spanish so i was like okay i'll you know i'll probably start an orphanage in costa rica or something
1: costa <laughs> you know, rica is yeah, the way
0: it, it's
2: not too late i mean costa rica is the place
0: and that's, yeah. that's where we fell in love i literally i when i went to costa rica senior year of high school I think that's why I fell in love with Costa Rica. And I, you know, I just fell in love with like uh, just being anywhere other than my small little hometown.
2: Monkeys yeah. on the Coast beach, Rica, coconuts oh on God. the iguanas. beach, iguanas on the beach, amazing. the water's 80 degrees. Yeah, warm water.
0: It was amazing. It's
2: not too late for us.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let, let's start that orphanage. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, um, so, you came, so you came out here though, but how did, so, how, so that was good. So keep yeah. It going. Yeah.
0: So, so yeah. So I was like, I was on this path. I, you know, it was very much like, the christian girl path you know my college boyfriend he was the first guy i ever held his hand you know we were like very pure just you know barely even like kissing and i was like this is it like this is going to be this is it i like figured it all out and then um right before my senior year and it's funny because it's like usually whenever people have some kind of a near death experience, like, I don't know what it does. Maybe it like makes them not as like free, like free spirited. But for me, I um, had this crazy thing that happened to me and I was, you know, the doctors were like, what's going on? We don't know. They put me in a coma. And then two weeks later I woke up and I had a new liver.
2: You mean you didn't even, I knew you had a liver transplant. You mean mm-hmm. you when you went out, you woke up, you didn't even know you were looking for a liver. It wasn't. I had like,
0: no idea. We had no wow. idea. And I like, because I had never, you know, I was like a track star. I was like, you know, I was very active. I did, never had any health issues. Um, but the, the genetic disease that I had, like, that's kind of the way it presents. It's just like, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And then all of a sudden, okay, you're dying. And then you're just, it's like, it's so quick the way it happens. And how old again are you at this time? I was 21, 29. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a month after my 21st birthday. You know, I think. I had never drank alcohol. I think on my 21st birthday, I had like a martini or something. And then a month later, I'm in liver failure. And I was like, wow, wow.
1: Like,
2: that's one the drink. martini I should
0: <laughs> have. <laughs> yeah. So it was very like it was very interesting. And then after that experience, that's really when I think everything started to shift tremendously for me, because then I, st- you know, and my of course, my college boyfriend uh, was there by my side. And then, you know, then he proposed And then, you know, I'm out of the hospital. It took a really long time to recover. Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. But I think what ended up happening was like, you know, it was such a scary thing. And and it's a huge deal to have an organ transplant. Like, it's a huge deal. You think? Totally. I mean, I didn't know. I was just like, oh, cool. You know, I've always been just like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I need a new liver? Okay. (laughs) So when that happened and then, you know, I think for him, he was like, well, this is a huge deal. And he was pretty nervous and. Um, For me, I wasn't like nervous anymore, to be honest, because I had always kind of known deep down in my gut that something was like off with me. Mm -hmm. So when that happened, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I finally feel good. Mm-hmm. And I always thought I felt good. But now I really know what it feels like to be good. Mm-hmm. You so mean when I, you came
2: out, your 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 body was rocking. You're saying it was. It, well, it, it, it
0: took a while. It, it took about a yeah. year. But then once, you know, once everything was back right. to normal and I, I got used to the like meds I was on, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I woke up and I was like, I felt refreshed. Mm. And I had not ever really felt that way because mm. it was just, you know. And so it was like it was this really weird thing to kind of then go back to what I was doing, which was like, you know, college and, and and I'd always like loved comedy. I always like loved performing. And I remember I mean, it sounds cheesy, but I remember like when I was in the hospital and I had like, you know, I had a ventilator in and all this stuff. and And I remember I didn't really know what was going on with me, but I do remember that feeling of like. Uh, people would come in and I remember being like, oh, man, like, I'm not going to be able to have a fun talk with them and they're not going to know how kind of quick witted I am. And I remember being like, darn it. I have a joke to tell right now and I can't tell it because I got this ventilator in, you know, and so it was really that's when I think my brain started to kind of like start churning and uh, thinking, you know, kind of being like comedy is kind of something you've always liked. So what what
1: year,
2: what year, if you don't mind, what, what year is this? So this is eight years ago. That
0: was yeah, that was 2011. 2011.
2: So this is a time, and this is a time when comedy itself, I was starting to see comedy as the new place for prophecy, not in some heavy-handed way, but to, in, 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 in even the way that you could say that it's kind of frivolous and fun. Your podcast and the persona and all that, but there is a way in which, to me, I started to I started to realize as a professor in the in the 2000s that. Where it really was at, it was both entertaining and enjoyable. There was a nice, like, kind of renaissance of of oh, uh, comedy. You're
3: talking about truth, like truth coming truth out. Was, truth was like the place oh, if you wanted
2: yeah. if you wanted somebody to really help to deal with the world in the 2000s and 2010s. Like it was, it was comedy. Yeah. Um but who were you who were you digging at the time? Like, oh, who, I mean,
0: who well was... I think like for me at the time, I don't necessarily think I thought I was thinking that my comedy would be truth speaking.
1: <laughs> <It> <laughs> I is. was more well, I've, you're I've on stage. always
0: like I've always loved people like um Molly Shannon, Chris sure. Farley. Yeah. Those kinds of like I just like I loved using my body to make people laugh. And you know what I mean? Like I think that was like mm-hmm. Yeah, you I do just that. was a yeah. goofy kid and I and yeah. I loved that I I felt so powerful. That was the one thing other than telling people about Jesus that made me feel so powerful just knowing that I could kind of just like you know whatever do a silly face or do something funny with my weird long body and you know people would just bust up so and I think too comedy was always even as a young girl I was always how I coped so I think it was just it's interesting that like the most traumatic thing in my life happens to me and then I do feel that like comedy kind of you know what I mean it was like it was just like natural that it was so yeah so my my college boyfriend you know we didn't end up going through with the wedding I mean I bought a dress my bridesmaids all had dresses and it was you know I was like this is it I'm gonna get married and be able to
2: well, This Have is one of those podcasts where I'm, fa- I'm fascinated <laughs> with my own podcast. Now, this is like, I'm really excited about this. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in the suspense situation, but how so what happened? So, what happened? Right?
0: So, you yeah, so, basically, I think I started once I like, um, once we were kind of planning the wedding and everything, I was like, man, you know, he seems really nervous about this. Like, we had a date set, oh, yeah, and I was like, oh man, I'm so pumped because, like, you know, re- like. I'm pumped to be alive I am just so happy to be alive I cannot wait to live I am so happy you know and like that's just like yeah. how the trauma affected me it made me feel free as a bird and I was like you know we figured out what was wrong with me and now it's time to take like a new he, lease on me. yeah of course and he uh f- I can't imagine what it must have been like for him to watch that happen to me because I didn't I didn't experience it the way that my family and friends saw it. I never saw myself in a coma. Right. I never saw how like scary and orange I was. I never, you know what I mean. Like I right. didn't have to have the doctors come into right. the room and say her brain is swollen. She's probably going to be brain dead. We hope she's not. I didn't experience any of that. I was in yeah. the coma, and mm-hmm. I was just like, it's
1: a good way I had to write my it
0: own out. coma dreams happening. But you know what I mean. Like, do you, so yeah, he do you... got really scared, and I think he wanted. You know, he wanted. He wanted to have a longer engagement and to be responsible, which I don't blame him. Like I think at, at the end of yeah. the day, he was doing the right thing. I was just like, I have to be going to Hollywood. Like, you know, then I started kind of, <laughs> I don't know what happened. Were I you just,
2: talking Hollywood before this kind no, of fell apart? No, no. No,
0: no I hadn't met, I remember it's so funny. Cause like, whenever I do think back on this story, and I, you know, I think I would call myself like a spiritual like agnostic now. But in these moments, I'm like, God or whatever. Something was just like kind of orchestrating. It's hard to not, you know, but like um, to get me to where I am. But um, there was this couple I had met and they, you know, the church I was, I was actually on a trip. I was in Dallas when all this happened to me too. I wasn't even in my hometown and I was working, like I was doing an internship with this uh, ministry there in Dallas. And so the church that I was like working with, you know, all the people at that church were coming to the hospital, giving us food, helping us, whatever, being like awesome, truly what I think the body of Christ like looks like we saw it when I was on that trip yeah. and got sick but then yeah so I met this couple and they're awesome and I remember like becoming friends with them after and the woman the wife you know she was she talked about like um knowing an agent you know she's like oh I know an agent <laughs> and I was like what like no, she was like you're so funny Liz." you know like you you know, like, and I was always doing like silly videos and I was like, you know, you know, an agent, you know, a Hollywood or what, you know, like, I didn't know what she was talking about. But so she had known this woman who was in um, like a scout, like a talent scout in like Houston. And so I remember just like logging that away in my brain. And then I think what ended up happening was like. Once my fiance and I finally kind of like ended things, you know, I remember calling her and being like, can I have that agent's number? You know, I had no idea. I was just like, I had never even done like a musical. I wasn't really like doing that kind of stuff. I was just, but yeah, I think after, um, I think after all of that, I I really did want to I just wanted to escape. I didn't want to be where everybody knew because everybody like knew my story. They're like, "Wow, she had a liver transplant and then she got engaged and then she broke it off like I wanted to go somewhere where nobody knew me. And I wanted to be able to share in my own time. Like, I, you know, it was just Mm -hmm. it was weird. It was like a weird thing to kind of like
2: do you spend do you spend some time on those rollerblades at uh, at uh, Venice Beach?
0: Oh yeah, that's that where I always go. That's where You're I'm cruising not. around.
2: If you ever have you ever seen, there's a, a mural. A friend of ours, um, Heather Davis, commissioned the mural where there's the Jesus on skates. It's on. It's the Lutheran Church. Oh wow! Stacy was mentioning the other day that you that that was it on the last podcast that, that she, she was talking about lutherans not being christians that uh, was pretty funny. we laughed at uh, that cuz we're lutherans
3: yes. you know? yeah no like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I was They're listening.
0: listening. Oh, I lutheran listening yes we
2: didn't and start so, out that way we were well, like, lutherans and, it,
3: oh, and it's it's God. hilarious that you even brought that up because it, you know back in the 90s that's when i we were evangelicals and you know, we knew people that were Lutherans and and I had that same response of they crazy. I don't know if they're Drinking actually beer. Christians. You know, yes, I don't think yeah. that really
0: That's how I felt you know? I was like and I remember just like losing sleep over my Catholic friends. I mean, don't even you know I was <laughs> you know? like, Oh no, they don't get it. Like Right. They're wasting <laughs> their oh time. So, and, so now you guys are you would consider you're Lutheran? We're definitely Lutheran right now. Yeah, know, yeah, okay. I mean
2: that said, that said to your own story, it was like for us, we felt like we, we kept from our from the earliest days when we met at church, we kept saying, ah, we figured it out. Now we got away from that culty behavior. <laughs> now we've arrived. Now I'm at the church that believes in grace. And then you're like, right. wait a minute. But there's some other weird things here. And then we get away from that. And we'd feel so good. And I find myself at 46 years old going, I'm still in culty be- behavior land.
1: <laughs> yes. You know, like,
2: I mean, I, I and, it, and it's and it started to really now. Oversharing myself, but it's like I—I no. I, I feel like I'm supposed to be a professor of this stuff. I'm a I'm a historian of ideas. I'm supposed to be, you know, following like you know what what the what the real deal is, and I I find that these things are really hard to untangle. Yeah. um I've been really interested in uh, kind of following the uh, some of the commentary on this from um, you know who Father John Misty is.
0: Yeah, he, isn't he? A- that's like a musician. Yeah,
2: yes. yeah, yeah. He yeah, like, um, he yeah, was in the yeah. Fleet Foxes. He grew up. He grew up in you know Christian home. His parents won't listen to his albums. Wow. Um, but he was he, he he was on Twitter for a little while, and he um, he wouldn't uh, he didn't follow anybody except for Relevant Magazine. Do you know Relevant?
0: Yeah, of course.
2: And he um, it was the only thing he followed, but he started. Um, Making fun of Relevant magazine, just like that was what he would do. Just kind of making fun of woke evangelicals, but you know, because that was his past. And then all of a sudden, the guy who was the editor of Relevant was a huge fan of Father John Misty, Josh Tillman, and it broke his heart. Right? Can you imagine? You're like, you know, I'm into so and so, and then all of a sudden, (laughs) they know what you know. They hate Concordia University or something. Like all of a sudden, now my idol is is kind of pooping on me. And uh, but because he was because because for the for the humor of it, in a sense, Father John Misty had because he followed Relevant, then they could d- direct message him. So he got a message straight to him and said, "Would you do an interview?" And he, he came on the and was interviewed, and he was in the there was a feature article in Relevant on it. And but he was just talking about how, you know, no matter how woke you feel like you can get, this stuff is so deep in your marrow that you can't really unthink Christian. So whether you call yourself this or that, I mean, you're still, it's It's kind of like so
0: deeply ingrained. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. Like I, I definitely have been leaning more into kind of like parodying stuff, but I'm not necessarily parodying like evangelical culture. What I'm parodying is how I took it on. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, so I've been making, like I've, I've lately been thinking even more about me as a 12, 13 year old, At a sleepover and how I can't focus on what the girls are talking about when they're talking about normal stuff. Like, Mm. Ooh, does that boy have a crush on you? Like all I was doing was just like real quick though, guys, like, (laughs) does everybody know where they're going to go and they didn't like that's the kind of stuff like, and that's the kind of stuff that I'm interested in. Like I'm not necessarily interested in like, I don't want, I'm not trying to like say that the church needs to like go away forever. And that even like, you know, yes, obviously there's a lot of like, problems with it, but all I can really do is like confront my experience with it. And and I, and me having like friends who are, you know, I remember when I was like, um, 20 or 21, having like a friend who was so afraid to tell me that she was a lesbian because she was afraid that I was going to disown her. And so Mm -hmm. when I'm, you know, when that kind of information, came into my sphere. I was like, "Holy crap, I have to do this is not okay for her to be afraid to talk to me like I need yeah. cha- you know and that's like when things started to kind of for me, but it's like I don't know. I think I'm it, you know, people are saying like, "Wow, listen, you're really tackling like purity culture and this culture and and I'm like, "Am I?" Or like I I don't necessarily know if I'm doing that. I'm just like I'm just trying, but then, but you know, but people are saying like, this was so hard for me. You have no idea how much I've struggled with that. And seeing this comedy video is helping. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, well, that's and, good. I think, I and, didn't, and I didn't know I was doing that. Like,
3: yeah. Well, and that piece is because you are hitting on, so your experience very much, even I identify with, you know, with what that was. And, and so I think several people do see it that way. And, and, you know, I, I, myself, I signed up to be a part of the, you know, a, a group of the high school kids that would go around to new church people and evangelize to them by, you know, we start, the opening line is yeah. know where you would go if you <laughs> yeah. were to die tonight. Right. And it's so
0: terrifying. like, that so, is like, wow. And that is, and, that, and then the more I think about it, I'm like, okay, then that wasn't just my experience. No. And that is kind <laughs> of messed up because when I think about a 12 year old kid nowadays, I would never like, I feel like that's abusive it, to be it, like, Hey, it's, it's your right. responsibility to make sure people know where they're going to go and that they don't burn in hell. Okay. Bye. Yes. Have a good day. Like that's like, yeah. get that's your a friends here. Low key. Like, you know,
2: if you told a kid of that age that if they didn't, you know, do their homework on time, that the neighbor wouldn't get their insulin, that would be traumatizing. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone that they're going to burn forever in a vat of pig oil.
0: Absolutely. But,
2: but I think I really like the, the way you're, you're saying that because I think the, the, the healing part of it for people is that you see it, you can have fun with it. There's sometimes people, you know, they still take it seriously. There's sometimes people are just angry and they're, and they've got so much of the toxin of anger in them about their past Mm. that while I recognize, look, you got to respond how you respond to something that's, you know, if you're angry, be angry, you know, feel it, admit it, be honest with yourself, but your ability to be playful with it Is what makes the monsters not so scary, and I think that for me, I've been really one of the main one of the main now philosophical reasons I wanted to uh, invite you on the show is that I've done research over the years in uh, the in theology and humor, religion and humor, and um, kind of started with Martin Luther because Martin Luther basically changes the world he kind of brings Protestantism in by saying that the Pope, you know, should poop in his hat, you know, and, and wear it around so that we, cause his ideas are so stinky, at least we can smell them coming or something. And, or, or posters that they would have of, of the, the Pope looking like a donkey or something right? humor in the 16th century, what it did for people that were terrified and everybody in the 16th century was terrified. Even if you went to heaven, ultimately, you're probably going to go for a thousand years of burning in purgatory. Wow. So, so even if you thought the Pope was a bad guy, you were afraid of his mm-hmm. condemnation. You were f- afraid that you were going to be damned. Mm-hmm. And if other people are able to kind of wink at it, humor was the healing part. And I don't know what we'll call wow. this episode ultimately, but I, I was thinking of saying, you know, um, uh, something like uh, protect your noggin with humor. Yeah. Uh, because because in many ways that is that is something that's really, really helpful. Otherwise you kind of fall in on yourself Yes, you and get obsessive Um or you could ignore it. You could say, "I can't think about this stuff from my past," and then you don't process it. You can go to therapy; and cost yeah. you <laughs> some money. Or, or you can you can listen to a podcast with Alyssa and and just yeah. see how like, well, that was silly. But I don't have to be down on myself. I don't have to be even down on the youth pastor, right? That's just who we were. That's where we were. But I wonder. Back to the story of the of the fiance. Mm. To what extent? And and go as far as we could stand off it if we want. But to what extent was the fact that this was I'm assuming was probably one of the first real serious relationships you had, mm. right? Yeah. That how however far that got, how however intimate that got put you into a spot where you're s- you're supposed to get married. Right? Like that's that's like that's what you're supposed to do. You you don't have a lot of time to waste. You you know, you kind of get right to it. But I I think even for Stacy and I will we'll, we'll flat-out admit we've been married for 20-something years we're very glad to have done it but when we got into it how would you describe it like, we didn't really have a choice
1: mm, like wow. in a sense,
2: like, we didn't really think we didn't we were like kind of carried on by well, in the, a certain the point, ideology we, we
0: yeah i mean totally we were,
3: yeah and so there's i mean yeah for us for a number of reasons, but you know, one of it too is once you start dating for so long. Right. But then, um, you know, so everybody else, like our parents and everybody just sort of assumed, you know, and we, and we knew pretty early on that that's where we wanted to, I mean, you know, we felt like we wanted to get married um, pretty early on and then, but like not even really, we were so young to even know what that really was though, you know, and then
0: absolutely.
3: And then for us, yeah. Like once you, once you have that first kiss and once, you know, and, and evangelicalism, like, there was so much of like, even with your handling your hormones. And so like, gosh, I've looked at him now this way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and all these different things that come into that. And it's like, that's marriage, you know, that's for marriage oh, stuff. Right, you know, right. um I know you were saying that obviously your first kiss was from, you know, your fiance. So mm-hmm. I think we maybe even had more pressure, you know, with us, in our relationship and, and even how far we let our relationship get just because yeah. like hormones are there and absolutely, you know, we loved each other, you know,
1: yeah.
2: but the nervousness, and this is, this is what I was wondering with your fiance was is, the nervousness is, is it possible that what was going on was he just wasn't sure. Was it with the, he wasn't sure what the heck he actually thought about his own life choices. I mean,
0: well, I'm sure because he was just like a kid, you know, right. and like, and for me, I've always been a little more hippy dippy, you know, like, and, and so I was like, I'm so in a lot of ways, like, and we don't really have a relationship, like, we don't talk, I, you know, it, and it's You've mainly lost touch. we've lost touch, yeah. And but I don't hold any I honestly like in a lot of ways, like I'm thankful that he was like who he was, because if I had been in charge and he would have listened to me, I would have been like, let's get married. I'm ready to do it. You know, and yep. like I'm just being candid with you guys. Like, yeah, I was so horny and I, <laughs> I was so just like, come on. And, you know, you're so emotionally attached and spiritually and like intellectually everything. And then to not be able to like do that next thing you know and like until you're married and it was just like it was just like insane I felt like an insane person and I like it's just so interesting to me because even I remember like before our first kiss like I remember and and this is probably even this is something that I don't know is like necessarily true for all people that grow up this way like again this is stuff where my brain is unique to me and I had more anxiety than the average person and I remember like crying and asking him to pray for, for an hour before we kissed because I was so afraid that like mm. Satan was gonna get a hold of us and that he would take us under into the flesh and the fleshly desires and all that stuff. And I would, you know, and he was more just kind of. I think he had kissed people before, and he was like, I, uh, you know, and even <laughs> like my mom. Ma- I remember telling my mom like, yeah, like I can't kiss him. My mom's like, you should kiss him, like. Yeah. <laughs> <can't> <laughs> Like This is where I start to think about my brain and it's right. not that I'm wrong or I'm bad. It's just like, oh, wow, Alyssa, you are you know a unique uh, person here. So that was like, for me, I absolutely just was like, when he was kind of like pushing the brakes and wanting us to like wait a little more, you know, like, for me, I was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't, I physically cannot continue to get to know you without doing other stuff with you because I'm just right. like I'm literally like I don't know what to do with my body it's, mm. it's like you know and that's a real like thing that yes. you're like that's like a biological like right so, but you know, at the time, just thinking Satan's got his uh, hold on me, and it's like, no, doesn't totally, he? No, he
3: doesn't, right? Isn't that? <laughs> no I mean, that's a, that's abusive, you know, that message, yes. folks, because it's like that's your body, that's normal, that's completely yeah, normal. normal behavior, and you know, or feelings, and yes.
0: all the whole. Have, and that's the thing. Like, I have all these journals that I've been doing, and I um, started kind of reading them, and I'll do it like dramatically, and it's you know, it's a lot of that stuff, in and there's so much just like weirdness. And then it also becomes like weirdly like romantic with God. And it's mm. like, what's happening here? Like, you know, and I know that everybody always talks about like some Christian songs sound like, uh, you know, is it like, is this to Jesus or is this right. your lover? And it's right. like, but where do you I, put I that think energy? That those, yeah. Where do you put it? So, yeah.
2: You then you then finally make your way out to L.A., uh huh. Do you do you move into a studio apartment? Do you have any contacts? I mean, how? tell me about so, yeah, that. Yeah,
0: I had known I knew like um, there was like a couple people I knew from like doing I did little acting stuff in like Texas before I moved to L.A. So I had met some people I knew a few people that um, were around my age and kind of in a similar boat where they're like, well, I went to college for this, but now I think I want to do this. So some of them moved out to LA and, and I had gotten some like scholarship to some film school in New York. And I was thinking of doing the New York route cause that's closer to Pittsburgh and still kind of hoping that maybe, you know, even thinking maybe my fiance and I will get back together because I was so scared. I didn't really want to, you know, I wasn't, I wanted to be married. I just, I, I thought, you know, so, but I, you know, and I feel like then a couple people moved out to LA and I was like, there was this guy I was dating um, after my fiance and when I was living in Texas and I wanted to marry him, you know, I met him at church or something and I was like, please marry me. Like, I just was like,
2: please. And he, <laughs> I'm not he laughing was, at you. Yeah. I'm trying no, to laugh. It's, with you, it's it is, very funny. It is. It's funny. Very,
0: it, is it's <laughs> it was funny. like,
2: you like this, like kind of Robo like, Z-Z-Z. okay, this is yeah, marriage, ex- marriage material. Absolutely. Let's go. And he was like,
0: yeah. He was like, Oh, I don't know. You know? And he was a little older than me and, um, I think he had like had sex before marriage with like one person and he was like, I'm now addicted to porn. I was like, Are you? <laughs> I
1: think
0: you just like I don't know, you know, but like so he was like all freaked out and I was like, Come on, we can make it work, you know, easy, come on, and, like he did not want to marry me. So honestly, like I felt like when he decided no, and he was kind of saying, No, I don't want to be with you that's when and then i saw a few people i knew vaguely that moved to la and i was like all right well frick it you know if you don't want to marry me maybe someone in la will i'm gonna go so i just kept leaving like i felt like it was like i pennsylvania this guy proposed but he didn't really want to marry me so i'm gonna go to texas and i go to texas i start doing acting i meet another guy he doesn't really want to marry me all right so i'm gonna go to la and then you know i got engaged again in la and then that didn't work out so i've i've been engaged two times um And then, yeah, it was, you know, and I I almost moved. I remember, like, after that relationship... I almost moved again. I was like, all right, time to go to Chicago. You know, like, go to Chicago. <laughs> and I went, I visited all Chicago. the boxes. Yeah. And while I was in Chicago, I met all these comedians there and they were like, don't come to Chicago. And they were like, stay in L.A. Yeah. Stay Allen's, in L.A. Yeah. They're like, keep going.
2: Everybody and, likes to poop on Chicago. Uh, everyone likes to poop on L.A. And a lot of you know, people think of their head now. But it, uh, the weather helps. Yeah. Um, but the, have you, you been know, to Chicago just, in winter?
0: Yeah. They were like, no, they're like, if you they're like, you have roots. And if you want to work as a comedian, you know, like they're like, you just have to, and I was like, well, I, I haven't made it yet. You know? And they're like, just, just stay there. And I was like, all right. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt that, you know, and I was like, okay, this is, I mean, that's a great premise for a screenplay, a girl that keeps going through a break and moves <laughs> to a new city, Yeah. <laughs> but it's not, that should not yeah, be my I can see it as
2: like an animated thing. I, I like this. Yeah. Only, go with me, go with me. On I'm not the roller trying to tell blades. you how to have your career we can
3: rollerblade across it. the <laughs>
2: rollerblading cartoon gal. It's yeah. the, it's, it's, your char- your character is perfect. You can yeah. just give give some cartoonist your your Instagram feed. Yeah. Throw it out there, and you just go town to town. I, I like this one. This is
1: good. Will you marry me? This is good.
2: And it could be like you could all, you could get engaged at the end of every uh, at the end of every episode. Move to a yeah. new town. It'd be like Dora the Explorer. <laughs> so you know, I love that.
0: No, but it is. And so I, lo- I like it, it. That is, and that's a result of like purity culture. Yes. Not really knowing how to just like get to know somebody <laughs> casually. Yeah, yeah. Like you're just like, are you the one? And also, you know, and I, I'm in therapy. And my therapist, you know, we'll talk about this and she's like, you know, Alyssa, this is also just like, this is a result of like our culture too that we live in. It is like, it's like, you know, you're being inundated with, uh, with movies and music of like, you know, whatever. So. But yeah, that was definitely, it's so funny that like that, that was my 20, my twenties were spent on me trying to convince all these guys to marry me. And <laughs> now I'm 30 and I'm honestly like, I feel I have a dog now and I'm like, I don't want any, I'm not trying to convince anybody <laughs> to marry me. Your life is to, pretty good. I want to speak at colleges. <laughs> yeah, if,
2: good, if they got good cooking skills, maybe you'll consider You'll take.
0: Exactly. So let me ask you,
3: uh, let me ask you a question. So with for your like with the comedy part, when you started getting um, and you know as being a comedian, did you see yourself as a Christian comedian or a comedian that happened to be Christian?
0: Yeah, I think I. It's funny because when I first moved to L.A., I was like still so like I remember even I remember moving to L.A. and before I even moved to L.A., I was listening to all these like sermons of like LA churches. Cause I was like, I don't even think they freaking preach the gospel. Like <laughs> I don't even know what they're doing in LA. That's a freaking yeah. sin city. Yeah. So I was like, I was sc- scoping out, you know, I was like, and then I found this one church and I was like, wow, they're preaching the gospel. Okay. That's the church I'm going to go to. And I, you know, cause I was like, you better guard your heart, Alyssa. You're going to go to this like city and you, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I think like when I moved to LA, I was very like, I wasn't necessarily doing like Christian comedy like I wasn't like uh, you know I was like I I think I was more do I started doing stand up and most of my stand up material was like um it was more just like about, it was very like Brian Regan-esque, you know what mm, I mean? Cause mm. it was just like, it was obviously clean. I don't know how to be dirty really. Like, I, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to go uh,
2: back and, and grab that audio at, for the beginning, if I can remember of, of uh, you're the first person to say Frick on the show. And I really appreciate
1: it. <laughs> one thing about I, the Lutherans still is, yeah.
2: one thing Dude, about I, the Lutherans I, is even if they're a pastor on our show, I might have to find a way to get the F word out a couple of times. You know, they oh Lutherans gosh. cuss as a, as a religious duty. To prove, and this is no joke, the reason Lutherans cuss. Is so that in the sixteenth, seventeenth century, they wouldn't be confused with um, the Anabaptists, who were seen as a little bit too intense. Wow! So if you didn't want to get persecuted, it's kind of like being a Mormon. If you said, "I'm not an effing Mormon," but you said it right, <laughs> then everyone would say, "Well, of course that's true." You know, while you took a shot of whiskey? You'd say, okay, 'd <laughs> yeah. But you, but if you, but if people are thinking that they've got you pegged, you know, and you're like, "No, no, no, I'm not a Pietist, or I'm not a, I'm not yeah. a, you know, one of these other holy rollers," and and especially in America. Lutherans wanted, especially the, the German immigrants that came, that started the university where we're sitting right now, I mean, the people before that, um, they came and they saw all these American Lutherans, and they say, you guys just look like a generic American evangelical, and we want to make sure that never happens again. Wow. So they intensified the, the Catholic look.
0: Interesting. In a way.
2: I mean, like there's, there are some that do this, right? Where by emphasizing the, the kind of Catholic look, it distances them from Hillsong. <laughs>
0: Wow. I'm, I'm I'm
2: jumping eras and 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 so oh, forth. No,
0: I love and I think if I were to go back to church, I would probably be more into something like an Anglican or some kind of like Lutheran. Yeah,
2: stick with the, stick with don't the uh, you can come visit. we we, we go to <laughs> yeah. church. We go to church in LA, but it we have we it's oh, zoom. Yeah. it's been zoom oh yeah, yeah so yeah. Uh, um, our church is great but just so you know you can't just walk into any old german lutheran <laughs> church and be right. received with kindness and joy they're, they're very much of a grumpy crowd sometimes
0: yeah it's like going to some
2: dysfunctional family christmas like you, you can do it
0: i would <laughs> you know? be i'm sure i would be triggered and even that's the thing like i probably i do swear i'm not like yeah. But when I'm perform and like I-, I guess it's like even just, you know, talking to you guys, I'm like, well, I, I want them to still think I'm a really good person. person. You know? it's like, <laughs> you know? And it's like, I can see the effort but I can't like, I don't know. But it I think doesn't, it's,
2: just, it's not, it's not, it's not natural for you.
0: It's not as natural for me, yeah. but I think when I'm with my friends and I'm just like goofing off, like it is a little more natural, but I think yeah. whenever I'm like, not that I'm being myself, but I there's also a part of me that's like, I want to, put out a good podcast, you know?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I don't know. It's just natural for me to say Frick. And also maybe I'm, cause I'm kind of getting back in touch with, I'm telling you my story of like, yes, yes. Alyssa, you're putting when yourself first in moved that, to LA yes. and like this, you know, I was, I, I was am
2: very, not making fun of Frick. I'm saying, no. like, I'm saying you, you can make you fun of me. It. I'm not offended. It. By
0: anything. <laughs> but no, basically. Yeah. So I think when I first, I I will be honest, I definitely would not have ever called myself. Like I'm a Christian comedian because I didn't want to just do like, christian comedy you know what i mean right. and i remember like uh, even i remember there was like this one uh in college gungor they like came and spoke at our college and i know now they're very like i don't know what they are if they're even christian but i remember he was giving this like message and he was like a song can't be christian because a song can't ask jesus into their heart (laughs) i was like
1: what the hell like oh that's funny
0: talking about but like i feel like that's kind of i'm like yes it is very much like i am like that is like very deeply ingrained into me there is still stuff like i'll still i watched left behind with my friend as like we were kind of making fun of it you know but like the most recent one No, I watched the one with Kirk Cameron. Kirk
2: Cameron. Yes, that sounds that sounds like something your character at least would do. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, I used to like I was like, oh, my gosh, I love Kirk Cameron. But like, I remember watching it with him. We recently watched it and he grew up very like atheist and he would be laughing at stuff. And I'd be like, ah, yeah. Like, but then there was like a part of me that was like, that's not true. Right. (laughs) Uh, Like, I'm not going to you know what I mean? Like, and there's Mm -hmm. still this part of me that's like that still is like uh, in it. You know what I mean? And I don't know if I'll ever be able to fully get out of it. And I don't know if I want to. Right. But that's I don't what know. Yeah.
3: Father John Misty was saying sort of, it's, yeah. it's so ingrained in you. Well, right? it's your, it's
2: so there's, it's there's DNA. Two, the way our kids think of it, like our kids are on the, the part of our journey with our podcast here was like our, our youngest went on strike. He says, it's, it's not just that I don't want to go. Like I can't associate with some of these things. And, yeah. and, um, be friends with my friends and, and it's like, you're living in a different world where to say, I identify as a Christian person on campus is to say, I don't like you being in this country and I don't like your sexual life. And I don't think that, that you're, you know, so like it's, it's more than just something that you're a, Adapting, right? You decide I'm gonna become a Zen Buddhist. Everyone's like, yeah, that's fine, have at it, you know. Yeah. But it doesn't come with all of this other kind of cultural. Packaging
0: the culture. Yes, one hundred percent. But yeah, I, so I that's one hundred percent what happened for me. I think like literally the more I lived in LA and m- met different people and and then also I think a big part of my unraveling was even just like trying to connect to other Christians in LA at least and be, and like having a wall and just being like, what is happening? Like, I cannot relate to anything you're talking about. Like, it felt mm. like all of the Christians that I was meeting, I felt like there was this like level of just like disconnect. And I was like, what's happening? Like, am I, what is, is it? Me? Is it them? What? Cause I have like great friends that are Christians that I can connect to and stuff, but it was, there was just something happening. And so I think like, slowly over time i just was like huh you know like uh, i don't want to go bible study tonight i want to go to this comedy show or you know what i mean and then so
2: so did you at some point did you kind of ghost church is that how you did or was there like a dramatic moment or something where you said yeah
0: i think like i think i mean a lot of when i think whenever the 2016 election happened and then I kind of was like starting to realize that all these like Christians were saying like God sent this man to be present. I was like, oh, did he? I don't think he did. Like, yeah. And I think like that's whenever like you're, you know you're saying your uh, your son was having. Yeah, we- I think yeah. that's like sort of something that happened for me. And I I kind of was just like, and I had had some other really weird experiences with like um, at the church I was going to. Uh, had some k- kind of weird. Uh, really unsavory experiences which and i used to be the kind of person that would if somebody told me well i had a bad experience with church and the people at church and the pastor i would have been like i don't freaking care because mm. jesus yeah, is exactly. better than that and and man right. is not jesus so you need to keep right. going like that's who i was but then whenever it started to happen to me and i started to feel unsafe and i started to feel yeah. really scared and yep. really like having real kind of like shame spirals at church that's when um Yeah, I was like, and then, you know, and then just like you said, you know, kind of being like, I don't want people to, like, be afraid to confide in me about something they're experiencing because I claim to be this. So I think I just kind of it was like this slow unraveling. And I remember, you know, being on a hike and being like, this is this is church and this is okay, you know, and like, um, yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, that's a funny I guess I'm like, yeah, did I ghost God? (laughs) (laughs) Did I ghost church? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah. The
2: reason I like the, the ghosting language is it's very rare in America. People, you know, there's some people that say I had this moment. It's almost like a testimony of like when I became an atheist or something. Right. You know, it's no, like yeah. this is that this that that moment. And um, part of it is if you if you ghost church, everybody's kind of cool with that in a weird way. Right. You're like, no, you should go to church all the time. But, you know, Uncle Bill, he hasn't been to church since 95. But, you know, he you know, he when he dies, everyone's kind of going right. to pretend that he's in heaven, right? Like <laughs> that's, that's yeah, the way we can do fine. that. He never, he never like really forsook it, but to, but to make some kind of move where you actually are kind of identifying yourself as not, that is, that's a whole different story. Right. Yeah. And that's emotionally just, it's just, it just, it's hard because of how much it was part of, uh, you know, your, your upbringing at yours or, or anybody's, mm. Now to the, to the question of Hollywood though, there's a different side of this. Um, I am a failed child actor. I was, um, oh. I almost was Zach Morris. That was, I'm that was like the close. The and then, and then when I saw the show, I said, well, this is great. Cause this is a crap show. This won't last. <laughs> like they'll cancel this. Oh, no. And then it kept going. And then I'm like, Oh gosh, I missed a, missed out a big one. And then, and then I'm like, well, they're going to have to stop it because they're going to graduate from high school and it's over. And then there was the college years <laughs> wow. and,
3: you know,
1: I
0: but didn't, he, I didn't he
3: would not be able to be a, a, a college professor i <laughs> used to i'm like
1: sort of i'm really
0: good stuff. friends <laughs> with like my one of my best friends he's like a 70 year old man but he was a writer on saved by the bell okay and he's like it's so funny because I, I mean i love everything 90s yeah. but like so i feel like that's so i'm sure he like if he had to say he would have been like i would have cast you yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: well
2: well, the thing, though, is that so what then when I got out of it, what I, I told myself and therefore I told people that the reason I kind of left the whole scene and it partly is true is that um, I had made a decision not to do because I, I around this time when I was like in the 80s, um, I you know, do commercials and stuff. I, uh, I said to the to my agent, and everything. I, now that I'm a Christian, I'm not going to do anything related to sex or wow. to demons. Um, I think that was it, and that's some
0: demons. But those are the coolest things. I, I got
2: like I got like four callbacks into the original It.
0: Wow. And I said, "Well, no, I, love, I mean that's my favorite movie. Isn't it great? Who no, are this, you going to be?
2: I, I don't even remember. I'm so depressed about this because I just kids, right? I um, this is not the new one This still but uh, yeah i know I, the
0: old one but i Curry.
2: yeah and i can't, i've never seen it because i couldn't bring myself <laughs> because because <laughs> wow. because uh because stephen king has some really interesting spiritual themes like I, I when i in the but i thought he was just like it was like some kind of slasher thing and i and i told my church and i'm not was, gonna do this so
3: he thought it was evil so for religious reasons yeah. he bet ba- he told his wow. agent i'm not gonna and do they, this they <gasps>
2: dropped me within 30 seconds they're like you're not gonna take this Well, then we're not going to spend time sending your headshots out, young man. And that was that. But that's not really what happened. You know what really happened to me? What really happened was I thought, well, I'm not too worried about the gays, but it seems like they're very comfortable letting it be known that they're attracted to me. But I'm in eighth grade and I didn't really put two and two together. But I think part of what I was doing, if I was really honest with myself, is I realized that it was, it was, it wasn't church for me. It was, it was Hollywood for me as a, uh, you can't tell now, but I was a relatively attractive eighth <laughs> grade young man. And, um, and, uh, but I, I was also, uh, you know, for, for all my, like, kind of, I like being on stage too, but I was also kind of shy in terms of interpersonal stuff. And so I mm-hmm. never really understood what these cues were. And the reason I'm asking the reason I'm bringing this up isn't to talk about myself. It's to say that I, sat on benches next to people that are dead. Now people that have been raped by producers, by direct, I mean the, the young men that were on the casting couch next to me that they did go in and they made it. And in many ways, Jesus saved me from <laughs> river Phoenix's fate from, wow. from the, the Corys, I was always hanging out with the Corys the, the and the Corys wow. didn't, didn't turn out well for them. Right? right. So like I fail, I'm a failed child actor And that's like the best thing that I can be thankful for. No, I mean,
0: absolutely. Like I can't even the stuff that goes on. And and that's the whole, I think like, because I kind of decided to start pursuing comedy when I was like older and like, right. Not as like vulnerable to that kind of stuff. Like, but I, I really, I have a hard time kind of, being like is it okay for even kids to be actors like you know what that's i mean that's my There's question like a part of- that's our yeah. question to you yes yeah. so like, I, I don't know like ethically somebody? ethically speaking i don't know i know some like i know a lot of kid actors actually because of that like program that i did in like texas so i like and for like i think it's like a thing where i'm like uh there's a lot of them like you can tell they genuinely like they're obsessed with it and they love it and like as long as they're like I guess there's like a part of you that's like what am I how am I to say no don't do that but I also like for me personally like if I ever had a kid I would absolutely not want them to be doing like Hollywood stuff because it is like take it even I moved out here when I was like 23 or whatever and I feel like the amount of rejection and like and mm-hmm. I never faced anything that you were even talking about with like the um you know the the more like serious like intent yeah. like that is like getting close oh, and other, losing yeah, it. Yeah, that's like mm-hmm. terrible when
2: you're in eighth grade. Like it right. wasn't it's not yeah. like you lost the little league No, you,
0: know. you literally lose your innocence like and that, that's terrible. Like that should never happen to anybody but yes, And, more, and money
2: like, could, more money than I could more money than I could ever imagine, you know. It's like it's yeah. so
0: interesting because then it's like, you know, I don't know, but it's it's a weird And then you get into like, where does my identity lie? What does my value lie in? And I think like, for me, that's something that is like an ongoing thing I'm trying to figure out. And it's, it's so, so hard to not get so down on yourself when, you know, like you get, you know, you get a callback, the callback of a lifetime. And then you're like, Oh, I'm so close. And then you don't get, and it's like, it's such a weird, it's just a very, it's, Mm -hmm. I would say for anybody that's like thinking about going into this industry, to understand the emotional and mental and physical toll that it will literally take on your everything. Like it's, it's yeah. like in a lot of ways, like this has like destroyed me, you know what I mean? But it's also like not, but I, I don't know. It's, it's a very, like, I, I'm always, I think I, I guess I sound like I'm rambling because it it's very, it's very sad. It's like a very sad life. And you and I have so all of my friends are practically like in the industry now, you know, and like we all just have the same conversations of like, hey, good morning, you know what
1: I mean? <laughs> like, and just, it's like,
0: yeah. I, I don't know, I, I love the show Full House. And I remember there was an episode where, you know, Joey, the Uncle Joey character was like pursuing comedy. And he <laughs> was just like, a lot of the episodes about is like Uncle Joey being like, I give up, I, I'm never gonna make it. And then, right um one time he said like you know this industry it is a series of no's sprinkled in with the occasional yes yeah and when I like saw that obviously it's like a full house episode I was like whoa I'll take one (laughs) one. that's for me that's what it is really and so and you have to kind of understand like your value and your identity is not wrapped up in being a performer being an actor whatever it is like you have to know you are so much more than that. And I think, Mm -hmm. I think obviously like I've known that, but the pandemic has like really solidified that for me. And, you know, knowing, uh, at the end of the day, I think I'm just like, whatever happens, I'm like content with, and I'll have great stories to tell my grandkids. And I moved out to LA hoping to kind of, you know, be the next, whatever, like, uh, Jessica Day in new girl, you know, or, um, Kristen Wiig and and I don't know if that's gonna happen I've ended up booking a lot of like game shows that's like another thing that has been part of my journey and it's like I'm like okay I didn't I didn't want to be a game show contestant but I've been on I've shot like a game show every year I've lived in LA <laughs> yeah sometimes too you know and it's like yeah. it's just funny and I'm like oh okay this is just a reminder wait like, I'm a full human yes and wh- you know whatever that looks like and and Hollywood and the business and that doesn't that's not gonna say whether or not I'm talented or good at um, comedy and acting. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I'm happy that I make my friends who I think are so funny. I make them bust a gut. That is success. Enough. That's enough mm-hmm. for me. You know. I mean, hopefully, I, I can get paid. <laughs> you know? Yes,
1: yeah,
2: that helps. I love, I love to say with the the uh, the uh, the game shows because a lot of people don't realize that you know they're they're made in Burbank, right? So you're you're oh yeah it's a lot easier okay. than you realize if you can, if you could be out here and, and they don't care how smart you are, depending on the, like, you know, you never went on jeopardy. I'm a no. professor. I'm not even gonna try that one. Right.
1: It's a personality. <laughs> it's so actually the same fun. kind of,
2: you need the kind of same some of the same skills to get on most of the game shows. But I, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I teen Scrabble did pretty well on teen Scrabble, but I, uh, I, they, they kind of had a lull. So that like in the early two thousands, there wasn't a lot going on, at least as far as I could remember. And then that's all Hulu. There's game shows. What,
1: yeah.
0: what game shows were
2: you on? I, I don't even know. I mean, besides I know, um, I've
0: been on a bunch and survivor
2: it's, or something it's, like a
0: whole, <laughs> it's become this like other world for me. And I'm like, I like it, it also is one of those things where I think about young Alyssa, uh, you know, like in school, just like I've always been so full of life and so jovial and just like over the top because i just wanted somebody to pay attention to me
1: right.
0: <laughs> but i've had a lot i've always had a lot of energy and it's so funny because i remember just you know people being like oh she's so annoying and it was funny that like the the minute the the first game show i ever did where i like won big you know i remember just being like wow like if little Alyssa could see now that she like this is where she's like fully embraced and accepted on this game show stage <laughs> well
1: because give me the title do. what they are the titles of the game shows
0: girls so i don't even know well, i couldn't, I couldn't I name a game show right.
2: okay i don't I know Price is right that's still going
0: um, that's still going and that one was like that one is different they don't like cast for that one you just that in the one, audience you just show up yeah and yeah. then they pick you if you're psycho and <laughs> then um i've done Check. i did match game which is like that's still gonna, going they brought it back they brought so it I back match game. Then you know game i just don't I watch
2: the right TV. I'm i We don't even have cable Cable, anymore, so we don't know. No,
0: yeah. Well, did you I was on um Flora's Lava, which was on Netflix. What? So I did that one. I'm gonna check that out. I did
2: Flora's Lava. Is that like a like a like a ninja American? Like what is that? It's a little
0: bit, yeah. It's like it's like in that vein. And it was that one was really fun. They set up like a little, you know, you just had to like they literally set up like a scene where it's like that childhood game where you play, you jump on the furniture, the, the floor is lava. Mm. Uh, I need to afford,
2: I'm I'm speaking in, in Japan this summer, but I can't afford to bring the family, which we always want. So I'm going to now note to self. Yes, and get I'm on start- game
0: it's, so, it's such a fun world. And it's like, it's so like, you know, it's one of those things where the more game shows I did then, and it's just like with the acting world, the way that like, you know, then casting directors know you and they bring you on for other stuff. Like that was kind of what I happened see. to me with the game show world. And I and so I was like, I had oh, no okay, idea this might be this might be it for me. You know, and <laughs> uh, I, don't know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> maybe, you know, professionally, maybe now I want to kind of go into game shows like behind the scenes because I love I love game oh, shows, mm-hmm. And so that's a thing that, I've been looking into, you know, obviously, once COVID is over, I still like I want to perform. I want to, you know, be
2: a and you and do you be. do a little writing. Is that do, something yeah. you're digging? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. always a nice thing, especially. But now what's like with your with your friends right now with, you know, we're we're in deep now a year in in with COVID. COVID. How, what's the what's the vibe? I mean, at first we thought it was like definitely the end. And we we were stocking up on garbanzo beans and okay. then everyone's kind of chilling. And then we're like, wait a minute, this is serious. And what's the what's the vibe in terms of career wise? A lot of a lot of comedians have blasted out of town.
0: I think um, moving
2: to Tennessee I like, Texas. Yeah,
0: most of my friends are kind of like. It feels like everybody that I know is still kind of, like, going strong, and they're like, yeah, this is, like, because everybody's writing and doing their own stuff anyway, and that's, like, kind of always, like, how it was, at least for a lot of my friends. It's like, you know, you don't wait around for, like, to get a call from a casting director. You know what I mean? Like, you're you're doing your own stuff, and you're writing, and you're producing it, and you're kind of wearing all those hats, but... I think I do. A lot of my friends kind of did have to like move back home, but I, I don't think any of them are like, this is permanent. Nobody's, you know what I mean? Nobody's like getting a corporate job now. They're right. they're just right. kind of like waiting until Hollywood like opens back up a bit, but I'm kind of
2: hoping that the whole thing's kind of a flea bath by which I mean, I wouldn't yeah. mind when the thing returns that people who really dedicated to the, to, to the experience. I mean, they're, they're creative um, people like you that want to do this maybe if we can afford to live in california for maybe eight you know 20 percent less than before maybe you know totally joe rogan can leave and, <laughs>
0: and Trussell can leave but um you maybe, maybe can do next his podcast anywhere and go anywhere right. but
2: i but mean and i know, you know but there is something about a scene there's something about a place where you where you have other people where you're kind of you know you're riffing off stuff that other folks are doing and i i there's still something that i love about california i'm, oh, I'm glad you're course. in it you know it's a good
0: i miss i mean i totally like i think that's something now i feel a little more like i, I mean i used to be before the pandemic i was performing i mean there wasn't a night that i had on like i it was like no days off you know what I, mean? I was just like constantly just off, always where do, constantly. You, where do you like to
2: go where where where, where your your spot so
0: i was doing and now it's even sad because uh ucb is like kind of closed i don't know what's going on with them but i was like on a bunch of teams at ucb so i was like performing with my sketch team uh, uh there i was on a house team and doing improv and on the characters team so i was just like There was just, you know, every night was like a rehearsal or whatever. And then if I wasn't, I was at an open mic and just like, yeah,
3: like. For our listeners, UCB is.
0: Yeah, UCB is. um, Sorry, I thought you were going to (laughs) like. No, no, no. I (laughs) just question (laughs) mark. What is it? Uh, It's the Upright Citizens Brigade. And yeah, UCB is like where there's like a lot of improv and sketch. And it's similar with like Groundlings is another place I was performing and like doing stuff there. And that's for. There, it's like you know you have the stand-up world, which is just like very depressed, kind of like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then You have like mm-hmm. the improv and sketch world, which is like a little. It's like I would say the improv and sketch world is the, there's a lot of like ex-evangelicals that I've met through that because it, it does attract kind of like a camp counselor, like yeah, we're do I'm... some improv, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. right. And
2: I never thought of that. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's starting to starting to click.
0: Oh yeah, so many of my friends. <laughs> But yeah and, and then the, like the improv and sketch world comes becomes a bit of like a church in a way yes
2: yes and Absolutely. and that people know each other ironically not a lot of improv locally to us at the improv you, know, you go <laughs> yes. to the improv, oh, look yeah, for stand improv up, and it's stand and it's up. the depressed it's the depressed stand-up guy right. but um there you know well what do we do for for my birthday we went and we they have like a drive-in theater or it's like a drive-in experience. Not quite the same. because You can't birthday, hear anybody laughing.
3: His birthday and our oldest son's birthday is New Year's Eve. So we did that for New Year's Eve. We went oh to the God. the rooftop for, uh, you know, the, the comedy at the, uh, at the Irvine Spectrum Improv.
2: But does, oh, cool. does lack a little, still, it's, it, was, it was more everybody in support of comedy rather right. Than, right. than really being able to experience it.
0: I have a friend who lives up in the Bay Area and he was like, I think we're going to be doing some like you know outdoor shows you want to come up and i'm just so desperate for like any kind of stage time and i'm like yeah 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 i do but then like the more even just hearing you guys talk about this i have this like pit in my stomach <laughs> and i'm like oh no you i don't mean, think i, I yeah. think i would bomb i think i would because you so wouldn't trusty. bomb you wouldn't
2: bomb but you would feel like you were bombing that's what i worried yes. about the performers because it's like you just yeah. every once in a while people honk their horn so like it was really good then you hear like eh, eh, eh. Oh, but otherwise god. you don't know what people are just they're just well, staring yeah, at you not doing
0: i've been doing zoom shows may i haven't been doing them as much lately you know but like at the beginning of quarantine i was doing them more and, and those oh my god i just like it's terrible because it's like i live for like the live experience like, yes. there is nothing quite like being yes. on a stage and I'm i'm obsessed with the audience like the audience to me is like, number one, I would forsake my entire act if the audience was not on board and I would do, I would, you know what I mean? Like, that's how yes. I kind of treat mm-hmm. it. Like I'm, yeah. maybe I'm a little more old school in that way. I know other comedians that would be like, no, you just keep doing your set. Yeah. Like, <laughs> fuck them, you know? Yeah. Oh, I said it. That was like a natural way to <laughs> say you, ah, it. Right? Thank you. Oh, sure. awesome. Yeah, but yeah, like for me, I'm would like, say no. It. You know, I'm like, no, they, like, I have to get them on board. So I'll find a way to like connect with the audience. But that's like, there's just nothing. It's like, it's a drug. It really is. Mm. So to have like a version of that, you know, where I'm like doing it on a zoom show or on a rooftop, like, I don't know if it would be the same and it might make me sad or. It makes
2: you a little sad. I mean, sometimes you have to do what you got to do, but like for, for me teaching online, I mean, where I, the the real lucky thing for me was in a kind of similar personality um, type, the greatest thing for me was was doing all those acting classes in in, in L A, and then using that to um, to be able to get students to sit through a history class or something that oh they didn't my. really want to be in,
0: right? You no, know,
2: so you you change the way you're doing it. I mean, you'd make a good professor in that regard because <laughs> if people yeah. are falling asleep, then so like, well, all right, well this. Either is boring material that they don't need to know, or let's try to con- like convince them how to connect with it. But when you're doing that with 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 people that are you know eating their their Cheerios in, in it, their pajamas and right. their jam jam, it's, and they're not responding, and then if they're laughing, they're not laughing at my funny thing. It was their mom or something in the yeah. Corner and
0: then- <laughs> well, that's like it's so funny it's that terrible. you're like you were doing acting and then you did like, and I don't know, maybe I will end up a teacher. But that was like. I, I remember being like, I'm going to be a teacher and I'm going to be the funniest teacher <laughs> yes. in the school. <laughs> well, and I remember Listen, this is a
2: good kid- idea for you. This is yeah. not too late. You get yourself because here's the great thing. You don't have to be you don't have to be funny to be a funny professor you just have to be a little bit funny right it's
0: like i think what i realized like was that i was more obsessed with like making the kids laugh and i was like do i even know how to speak spanish (laughs) like Like, they're not gonna i mean they're gonna laugh like i'll have great jokes but i then i was like okay maybe if i just tried to be funny and then i was like okay and obviously like you don't ever really you know it's like uh, and you know my parents are always like worried about me and um it's just like, it is what it is. And I think I'm like, it's funny. My therapist is, Um, I go to a therapist through this like nonprofit. So it's like affordable. She's kind of like in school and that's like why I can afford it.
2: It's like getting your haircut from <laughs> yeah, the- Yeah, like, like a you know, beauty, beauti- like beauti- a beauty school. Yeah, but You yeah, know yeah. how to work this. This is she good. Wa- yeah. yeah,
0: she was an actor, which I don't okay, know, maybe she again. still does. but And now, you know, she decided to go back to school for therapy. So it's like, I kind of love it though, because she understands- what I'm experiencing. Cause she lived that life, you know, cause it is, that's like a whole, like just trying to pursue acting is like, it's like another little culty thing. It's like the, mm-hmm. the way that, you know, we can all connect on like growing up religious and then, Oh, and Oh, you were doing acting stuff and Oh, you, you know, you're a, mm-hmm. Oh, you went to you're from the East coast. Like it's just another. Yeah. But.
2: Now when people invite, invite you to some of this stuff, as you're, as you're thinking about the un unraveling or the the putting things back together with covid with your with your transplant i mean how 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 has this affected your fears or or precautions that you need to take do you have a special so, immunocompromised yeah
0: i have like when you get an organ transplant you have to take um immunocompromising meds because your body would wake up and attack the organ because it's not it right. doesn't have your dna so that's been my story uh ever since like got the transplant and so for the past you know however long i've had this i've been like kind of scared of like everything Mm -hmm. so i think like whenever covid struck i was like oh i'm already like always afraid of like people coughing on me (laughs) like this is like i'm always like living in this like everybody's kind of here and just like but like for me germs have always been like oh my gosh, you know, so I think it's like in a lot of ways, I don't necessarily feel any more afraid than I already was before. There was definitely a period like at the beginning of the pandemic where I was like terrified, I wasn't going to the grocery store. But now I'm like, I go to the grocery store. And you know, I I live by myself. I have like a few friends that are like in my bubble. I can't, you know, I can't like isolate and be alone for that's just like not normal but I think I have I do have like fears surrounding like flying yeah because even before the pandemic no matter what I would always get off a plane and just be like really sick and so Mm -hmm. yeah but I don't know it seems like one of those things where I'm like well I don't know I've been through so much and I've had so many different like health things happen to me that like, I'm not, I just, yeah, I'm not as like afraid as maybe I thought I would be.
1: Mm-hmm. You know
0: what I mean? Cause I'm like, well, uh, I'm alive. <laughs> well, and, and there is there a way <laughs> yeah, in which now yeah, everybody, like-
3: everybody starts to actually like almost validate what you already always have felt yes, and that they're now acting the way that you've felt all your life. Or, nah, all your that, since then.
1: Yeah,
0: that's the thing that I was actually, I felt a little bit of camaraderie with mm-hmm. people because I was like, wow. Everybody's you guys, in your boat now. Yeah, I was like, you guys feel nervous. This is how I feel all the time. <laughs> and, like, and, and then I started, and then I kind of was like, I was able to see everybody kind of acting the way that I do. And then I was like, oh, that's kind of silly. You know, like (laughs) I was like, all right, you're being a little not that it's like um, nobody's I'm not saying it's like COVID isn't real. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? The way that now it's like people are like totally like they can't breathe. And they're, you know, Mm -hmm. like like it's like, well, well, hold on a second. Like we need to let's just like, you know, kind of shift.
3: Right. And I'm not saying
0: you can bring perspective. Exactly. So I think that was kind of good in some ways. But also it's like there is that i i think that my health anxiety it's like um you know whenever you have like a dull ache it's like different than just like a shooting pain but there's like some kind of like thing that's like aching and it's like um it's like not as like it's not like ow this really hurts but it's just like like that's like sort of how i've been feeling because i think every day waking up and being reminded (coughs) that like i'm immunocompromised it's like that's not a fun feeling. So I'm, right. I'm excited for that to like be over. Yeah. Cause I, I'm like, and you know, and then I have like ex boyfriends texting me, like, here's a way you can get the vaccine, you know? And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh. like, and I know that they mean well, but I'm just like, I get it. I'm different. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. But,
2: well, I hope that we can get to a spot where, and then the main reason, the, really, the main reason I'm talking about is because I want to get you down to to uh, to chat with our students here on campus. But you know, like oh, I don't no, know, you I know, would know.
0: love to do that. Yeah, let me on. They they know? tend to
2: they, they wash their hands. We make them wash their hands before they, yeah. they have to wear. But um, but but the so if people, I mean, thank you so much for being, um, you know, being being with us, being vulnerable with us. You know, yes. it's it's easy. One of the ways that you can you can process difficult things in life is through humor. One of the ways you can avoid processing it is through humor, right? You can, right. You know, and you, you, you came on our show and you were chatting with us about some real stuff. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but you. if people want to, um, if people want to connect up with you, follow what you're doing and, uh, and so forth, what's the best way to, to follow what you're doing?
0: Yeah. So I'm on Instagram probably too much, uh, but you can find me there at Alyssa, a-L-Y-S-S-A underscore uh, Sabo, S-A-B-O. And also on Twitter. It's the same on Twitter. And I don't know if your listeners have TikTok, but... You know, they TikTok, do, we <laughs> don't.
2: So I don't know how to navigate
1: that.
0: TikTok, I'm just at Alyssa Sabo. So you'll find me and you'll see all the... the journals i've been doing a lot of reading my old journal the
2: journal thing is great that is that is really cool when you can finally get to a spot where you go back and it's been a little bit of you know you get some water under the bridge you figure out how to to process it that's very good and then your podcast is the quirkiest most delightful hilarious thing um but i forget the title of it oh
0: oh yeah that you can find too that's like on I have links to that on all my stuff, but it's totally, stuff. Rad, totally, totally rad. Totally rad. That's right.
2: That's, really rad. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> That's totally rad. And by the way, rad. As a kickback to that, I have yes. my cactus cooler Stacey here because that was from my oh, 90s experience yeah, with some of those most, cactus cooler 90s cooler. of beverages Where did you
0: get that? Order that on like eBay? <laughs> no,
3: actually, it was just in the grocery store the other day. It was Ooh.
2: at a Bullhead yeah. City or something. No, I don't know. No, no, no. That no,
0: was here no, in Irvine. Throwback. Yeah, I'd love to come chat. I'm not, you know, I'm. I'm like, as long as it's outdoors or Yeah, whatever, we do everything
2: outdoors for a while. Oh, yeah. so.
0: cool. Outdoors, I'll do anything outdoors. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: if you're a listener that's a student or you live in the Irvine area, stay in touch with what we're up to because we're going to try to get Alyssa down here uh, before yeah. the end of the semester or at least uh, sooner than later. Thank totally. you so much. Yes, thank you I totally you dig it. You're the best. Appreciate yeah,
0: thank it. thank you.
3: so much, friends, for joining us for this episode of Protect Your Noggin Podcast. Want to join in on the conversation? We'd love to respond to your questions or comments on this show. You can record a voice message by going to protectyournoggin.org. That's protectyournoggin.org. You can also find show notes and other resources there on our site. Uh, We also invite you to follow us on Twitter at the PYNP. Again, that's at the P. Please rate us on Twitter and, and tell a friend if this episode was helpful to you. Until next time, we wish you peace upon peace. But he
1: said that wasn't any letter. He said I was going out of my mind. Not going out of your mind. You're slowly and systematically being driven out of your mind. Why? Why? That's because you found this letter load too much.